This is the 19th season of Bass Talk Live. BTL is presented by Bass Cat Boats, Striking Lures, Aftco, Pro Guide Batteries, X Zone Lures, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, Spro, Gamakatsu, Big Bite Baits, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Beatdown Outdoors, and Sunline. BTL, coming at you. Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk about bass fishing. Back in studio for the week, I made a questionable life decision. I was on Travis Manson's Smallmouth Crush live stream until about one in the morning last night. Uh, which you're always on the verge of losing your career when you jump on that show that late, especially with uh, Brian the Carpenter, JP, and the cast of characters. So uh, really excited about today's show. We have multiple guests for today's show. And if there's one thing I've learned in the uh, 14, 15 years of hosting and then co-hosting for 13 years is you never keep Hall of Famers waiting. <laughs> What's up, Mike Iconelli? Good morning. How All right. Doing? Now, we can't bring Mike Iconelli in until we talk about the guy that's in the, on the top of the screen, which is none other than the fearless leader, Mark Jeffries, making his six, second appearance on BTL. Mark, congratulations on uh, SNU's third place yeah. men's bowling. I do have a beef to pick with you. The BTL logo, which, which the BTL fans, listeners, and myself to officially sponsor the SNU bowling program. I see a lot of sponsors up on the website. I have yet to see BTL. Nah, it's going on there today. No, I didn't. Man, I've been busy. I noticed that at 11. At 11 last night, I noticed that on Travis's channel, and Travis made a good point. He goes, what would Mark do if your logo, if his logo was supposed to be on your website? And I said, well, he would call 19 times repeatedly at 11 o'clock at night until you answered and then demand an explanation. Yeah, there is no excuse, man. I'm sorry. I'll get it done today. Hey, here's what I want to say real quick. You are... uh... You're looking at a future Hall of Famer right there, Mark. You you, you deserve to be in there. Uh, you've changed the sport. I'm just I want to say this real quick. You should be there. Bass fishing as we know it today, the coverage, the podcast, this stuff. It's all because of you. So you're 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 a future Hall of Famer in the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame too. Thanks, man. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I don't know if it deserves uh, that high a praise from you and everybody else, but no, man, it, it was, uh, it was cool to be at the hall of fame induction ceremony. I got to see a lot of people I haven't seen for at least a couple of years. Uh, but it was a very cool night for you. Uh, it was, uh, you look good in a blue blazer, man. Thank you. You looked really good. And, and the suit, the suit that went along with, you know, the, yeah. band, the slacks custom made from head to toe, man, you were, you were styling and profiling. That was fun. Let me tell you, man. One of the coolest things was that I, you know, I'm sort of old school ghetto Jersey. You know, you yeah. you don't, you know, you just go to regular place and get a suit off the shelf. That was the first time, 51 years, it took me to get a custom suit. Let me tell you, if you're watching this, if you're a man, if you're a fashionable man, you like dressing up every once in a while. Get a custom tailored suit. It's an amazing experience. It was so fun doing that. That whole process was fun. What was yeah. the guy's name that made it for you? Dan. 
Dan the suit man. <laughs> Dan the suit man. No, but here's the thing. Like, that's a craft like anything else, you, you know? And it's, it's you know, like, like a good angler, like a good bowler, you yeah. know? Like a good podcast host like Matt. Um, you know, you have to have a skill at, at doing that. And it was, uh, it's amazing. It's like artwork and you get to wear it. You know, that's good. It's kind of, cool, man. it was, it was a cool process. All right, Matt, are you going to set this up or do I need to set it up? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm just letting you guys go. I knew this would go as planned. I thought <laughs> first, I thought I knew I was totally screwed when I clicked it and both of you popped up. I thought yeah, it would be, I thought bad. it would just be one. So then I was like, well, I've lost total control over this. So Isn't here's great. When it it is. just gets away from you. I've had it happen. Like early on, it happened a lot. I don't know if you know this. and It's happening right now because mm -hmm. I want to tell the story. In the history of Ike Live, one of our first shows, I'm just going to straight up throw him under the bus because he's a good dude. And he, he knows I'm saying this in all the nice way. One of our first guests was Randy Howe. And bro, when I tell you we clicked on his image, like I don't think we said anything for like 45, 50 minutes. <laughs> It just went on like it was like the Randy Howell show, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it can get away from you. It. it was it was bad, Matt. All right, so we're gonna set the scene. Mark has a recruit coming in from Hawaii today. That's big He's, time, Mike. Ooh, wow, big time, Matty Wong. Well, <laughs> this dude is a difference maker. He really is, man. He he is an absolute superstar in the oh, world yeah. of high school bowling. And man, he made the commitment, him and his mom, I, I don't know, it's like a 12 hour flight with the time difference and all kinds of other things. And yeah, they're making the campus tour and then they're going to go to practice this afternoon. So it's a, it's a big day for the program. That's awesome. Yeah, Congrats. Just, yeah. This show reminds me of my thirties. You're right. I could just, they just got away from me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. We're going to set the stage. That's what Mark has to do. So he's on for a very specific reason. And then I would like, I know that you're a busy guy, but you, I want to talk Hall of Fame because uh, yeah. I'm on the board for the Hall of Fame. I want to talk some of the stuff you saw, some of the things you think. And then I want to talk uh, Susquehanna River Smallmouth. You had a yes. chance. Uh, you still had a chance to get up on the classic stage, which you've done before yes. like that. And you came very close this time. So I want to talk about that uh, and the kayak game. But here's here herein lies the problem. So Mark Jeffries at the best fishing hall of fame that was a week and a half ago brought his lovely wife carolyn yes. uh as a guest of uh you yes and originally the plan was and listen i've, I've tried to get to the bottom this was just a good old-fashioned miscommunication i believe it may have been may have the been. plan was to uh to have my uh mike be introduced by mark so mark was going to get up and introduce like now i know for a fact that mark put a lot of time work and effort and this yeah. was a big deal yeah it was it was a big deal for us let me tell you when when we first received that communication that you know we had to pick somebody dude it was pretty instantaneous in my mind who i wanted to do it like you know i looked at back back looked at me i'm like mark needs to do this why yeah. because you know mark was there from the very beginning for me, from from the standpoint of a media and a peer and guidance and a friend. And that what was important, you, you know, to have that liaison into this world. I mean, shit, I remember being at 
I think it was the Chicago classic uh, early on. And, you know, like I'm still the outsider at that point, you know, and nobody, you know, nobody really wants to talk to you. And, you know, you're almost, uh, you know, shunned just because you're an oddball. But Mark didn't didn't mind. He, he wanted to talk to me. And that was such a cool thing. Um, but, you know, it's just a lot of years of being a friend and being someone to lean on. And, uh, you know, just a lot of the business decisions that Becky and I have made, you know, we, we sort of run stuff past Mark, e even outside of Ike Live. So it was a pretty instant decision. And when that when it the night got away like that, it it, it sort of went a different direction. A scheduling snafu. Yeah, it was it, honestly that it was the most amazing experience of my whole life. Mm -hmm. It's a dream come true. It was just amazing, but it was the only, it was a dis, it was the only disappointment that night of the yeah. hall of fame for me. Like even having my name spelt wrong on the plaque. I did notice that as well. <laughs> and here's pick. the, here's that the problem. Wasn't even a disappointment. They didn't even misspell Iconelli. They misspelled no, Michael. They misspelled Michael. That wasn't even a disappointment. Cause I'm like, ah, people misspell my name every day. Yeah. It doesn't matter. But <laughs> you know, like I, when they called, you know, like Mercer did a little thing and I'm like, oh, you know, I'm, in my mind, I'm like, Mercer's going to introduce Mark. And then mm -hmm. I still had like 10, 10 minutes. Right. I still had eight minutes or something in my mind. And I didn't even get up. Like, I don't know if you go back and look at the video, but <laughs> like Dave calls me and I'm just kind of like. And he yeah, had to say it again. Like, and then I didn't know what to do because I still wanted Mark to come up. But I'm like, like in my mind. So now there's all this shit. I'm already nervous. And there's all this stuff going through my mind. I'm like, all right, should I introduce Mark to reintroduce me? I'm oh, like, nah, weird. that's oh, I'm glad you didn't do that. That <laughs> would have been awkward city. Yeah. So it, it was the only disappointment of the night. Um, but Mark, it doesn't change the way I feel about you. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate you being there. Having you and your wife there was super amazing and made the night very special for us. And, and thank you. Thank you for being there. Well, thanks for the invite. It was uh, it was a very very cool night. Uh, it was nice because so many people, family, friends, uh, that came to watch the ceremony and watch you get that uh, award. It was uh, it was an amazing evening, and it was really neat to watch some of the interaction that you had with some of the you know previous Hall of Famers and and the mutual respect that existed. Yeah between you and the guys that have been doing this forever. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was very, very cool. Yeah. All right. So I figured that I've got to, I got to do something to, to remedy this, to write this, <laughs> this situation. And I wasn't sure what it was. So I, I talked to uh, Becky, who is not only your wife, but also a fantastic manager and, and, uh, what is that called? The people who call it during crisis situation handlers. What are those called? <laughs> crisis yeah. management. Crisis manager, PR specialist. <laughs> PR Rominger. specialist. Mom, why? Rominger. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, here's what I want to do. I want to get Ike on the show to talk about it because like I said, the night was a 9.9 .9 out of 10 oh, yeah. and that is all put together by the volunteers awesome. of the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame. We raised almost $200,000 through the silent auction. Uh, Ike will talk about the speech. You got in a lot of subtle jabs in there that I think went over some people's head. <laughs> Other people like I had, I had a uh, Todd Seisner was, uh, was sitting next to me and a couple of times he looked at me and whispered, he goes, 
did I just take a, another shot? And I was like, yeah, I think so. Uh, but but I wanted to get I, I want to give the floor to Mark and I want Mark in the most unawkward way possible to actually I feel like we everyone kind of owes it to hear what he had to say in his introduction speech, including you, because you have no idea what he was going to say. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to drop past the floor to Mark and then Mark is going to uh, to introduce you. For the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame ceremony. Sound good? <laughs> okay. I like it. All right. So I I actually had a few pages that I was going to just kind of refer to uh, during the introduction, but it was only going to be a couple of minutes. I mean, I was going to really condense it down uh, because it was taking uh, a little while to get through everything. And then Johnny uh, did his deal and... Uh, the night was going long, so I'd already made the decision while I was sitting there. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut this down. Now having this, it, it, we may go a little bit longer because now I have the opportunity to say a lot of things that we just didn't have time to do. But anyway, it was gonna I, I was gonna start things off by saying this, Mike, and and when you take fishing and in my career when I was involved in doing what I did, I did a lot of comparisons to other sports. That was kind of my thing. You know, Matt and I would get into discussions and uh, I, I just felt it was a cool comparison to try and compare fishing to other sports. And that's kind of how I was going to kick it off by saying in other sports and even in bass fishing, the relationship that the players or the anglers have with the media, it can really go three ways. Right. It's what I call the first way is standard tolerance. In other words, the media, the players, they come in, they do their business. They go on down the road. The second route is they don't like each other. They can't stand each other. They tolerate it. Uh, they may get one word responses, even when uh, part of the media, they ask open ended questions. They're still given one word responses and they just don't like each other. And then very, very rarely. Does it occur where a member of the media actually develops a friendship with either a player or an angler? And, man, we just hit it off in the yeah. beginning. I, I was green. Uh, you, were, you were extremely young, and your career was just starting to get uh, getting going. And I, I had no fear because I remember being out there covering the Bassmaster Classics uh, before I went out on the Elite Series. And I remember the first time that I met you, uh, but it was after I saw this incredible show on TNN with what you did at the Red River in the mm. Federation. Yeah, And Bob Cobb and his voice and the way that he described everything that was taking place. And dude, you were fishing in the freaking jungle on the Red the River with a spinning rod and a little bitty trick work. I'm like, he's in the most gnarly looking stuff. And you're just throwing this, you know, kind of finesse thing. And you found, uh, you found a, a couple of fish in this area. And then the next thing I know, man, you are styling and profiling in the vest with all the patches and dude, oh, yeah. everybody wanted a vest. I wanted a vest so bad <laughs> because of what I saw in that show. And then the first really face-to-face -face encounter that we ever had was at the 99 Bassmaster Classic, of which a lot of people don't remember, but you finished in sixth in yes. that event. 
Yes, I did. There oh, look at the vest. There's the vest. Jeez Louise. Now, do you still have the vest, Mike? Yes. Yeah. So, you know, I've said this before, but my mom, there's my ex-wife. Uh, oh, God, sorry. <laughs> it's all right. Becky's getting a shower. Come on, I, I have no clue. clue. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's the first time she was ever on anything fishing. So that's great. Like, oh. I'm, I'm so Look at how red I am now. I'm sorry. I no, guess okay, man. no, it's fine. It's no problem. Uh, now I forgot what I was even saying. Mark was giving a speech. I just was trying to put a little sub. All I did was find it and throw it up so it made Ike's speech look, make Mark's speech look better. That's all uh, I was trying to do. I promise. No, that's uh. okay. So I do have the vest because my mom, I love my mom. She's the most wonderful woman, but she's a hoarder. And she has kept everything of mine from when I was a baby to now, like literally everything. Like I had to go, I had to go there one day and go through some of the stuff. Be like, mom, I don't need my hockey trophies from the eighth grade anymore. Like, <laughs> why do you still have my hockey trophies? I do not need these anymore. But uh, yes, still have the vest. Uh, I think there were a few years of that. I, I would call it the very beginning of me fishing as a, quote unquote, semi-pro to, yeah. you know, maybe like the first year touring, it was vest central, you know? Yeah. All right. Back to Mark's speech. I apologize. Right. Everybody, everybody wanted the vest though. You went on, you finished sixth in the uh, 99 classic of which uh, that was the classic that Davey Height yeah. on the win. And yeah. uh, it was really cool. Your Federation win though, I want to go back real quick. Uh, it was 10 ounces and the guy that you beat, do you remember who you beat? I, he Bruce Lynch. Oh, he put it up there. Bruce Lynch. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember from Delaware. Yeah. Yeah. Really good angler and up here in the Northeast. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was kind of the start, and then obviously we go on to uh, the 2003 Bassmaster Classic where you beat Gary Klein by almost two pounds. But I, I remember specifically an encounter that we had during media day. And uh, that was really a, a very challenging period in your life. And, it, and it's yeah. been well documented. You've talked about it uh, on, on your show. You've talked about it a little bit in interviews and stuff. Uh, and, and you gave me a piece of advice that I ran with during that uh, media day interview. And you told me, you go, dude, don't be afraid to ask. Don't yeah. be intimidated. Yeah. By these guys. They just catch fish. That's all we do. He goes, yeah. I'm impressed that you're out here trying to be that that beat writer. And uh, that's what I did, man. I, I ran with it. From that day that you and I talked at Media Day in 2003, I was never really intimidated uh, to ask questions. And uh, for those people that may not know, you know, there was a guy out there, uh, Tim Tucker, who's no longer with us. You know, Tim, he wasn't afraid to ask anything. I mean, he would ask. It didn't matter if it was a press conference, one-on-one, -on -one, in a group. It didn't matter who was standing around. But, dude, I'm telling you, that that media day that, that was at the Bassmaster Classic in 2003, that really kind of got me going to uh, a, a level of not being intimidated. Wow. And, and you caused that. That's awesome. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, from there, do you remember your very first – BASS event, not Federation event, but 
uh, when you reflect back, do you remember at all? I I mean, I remember all of them. I see. I remember the little ones too. So you know, like this was an Eastern Invitational. Eastern Invitational. Yeah, I remember. You know, my first one. Let me see. My first Eastern Invitational I fished when I had a boat or when yeah. I was. Yeah, I, I remember fishing one at like Kerr Reservoir was one of my first ones. Uh, Bugs Island. Um, yeah. I, had, I, mean, I remember ones at Hartwell. Like I, I you know. You bomb, finished like, in this one. In this one, Ike, you finished 236th. Oh, yeah. I bombed a lot of them. Uh, yeah. I bombed a ton of them. I remember having some bombs at Okeechobee. Like early on, it was not pretty. Like nothing came easy ever. You know, it was always. Yeah. Always a lot of work. The first one, guess who finished second in that event? Gerald Swindle in 1996. Wow. And then David Ashcraft. Yeah, David Ashcraft, who a lot of people don't know, man. He, that dude was a stick back yeah. then. He went on to win. Wow. But yeah, 236. Uh, yeah, I drew, in, I, in 1997, that's when you got your first check as a professional. Uh, you finished 28th. You got twenty eight hundred bucks, and guess who finished fourth? Mark Zona. Whoa, geez, Louise! That was on the St. Lawrence River. Wow. So uh, probably yeah, drew, the best finish that Zona ever had. I drew at uh, that one I bombed that that invitation at Hartwell. I remember I got one of the most amazing draws ever. And a lot of you watching and listening to this probably don't even know the name, but I drew Charlie Campbell. Oh wow! I think it was the first first day of that tournament, and. Got to watch him catch him with the top water, of course. It was such a cool, cool moment. So, but you know, I remember the learning experiences, you know, as a co-angler. And then, you know, after I finally won a boat and started fishing some as a boater, the learning experiences you you can't beat. You, you know, for for the average guys that are just regular dudes, that's what you gotta do. You gotta go take your licks and you gotta go put the time in. You know, there are a few of the naturals and you're getting to see them come up right now through the opens and stuff. And, you know, they're just going to catch them no matter what, but I was never that, you know, you just put your work in and time and you take your licks and, and you just keep working and eventually you'll have some success, you know? All right. Your first pro win was September, 1999, the Vermont top 150 Lake Champlain. You beat Rick Clun by Crazy. two pounds you won over a hundred thousand dollars, and man, uh, I, I'm curious. Did Rick say anything to you during that event uh, after you won? Not, not after that event per se, but over the years, we've had a lot of conversations about that tournament. In fact, it's so neat that you brought this up. I got to camp next to him at uh, Lake Champlain this year. He had the very next campsite next to Becky and I, and. Um, he brought that up and it was funny. He brought it up and my son Vegas was there. Uh, we were just doing tackle, you know, and he came over to the boat and we started talking about that. And, you know, I think Rick's a big believer in that you control your own destiny. You know, he's very, he's got this mantra, like, you know, you, you make it happen. You control your own destiny. But I was trying to say to him at this conversation, like, yeah, there's some of that, but man, that was meant to be. You know, like I, I remembered he was fishing around a, a old burnout bridge, had zebra mussels all over it. And I said, how many fish did you break off that last day of the tournament? He's like, oh, I broke off like 30. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 
and I'm like, okay. And I'm like, do you remember what happened to me? I said, I fished till 11 o'clock and didn't have a keeper the last day. All my largemouth bit the bullet. They were all shallow largemouth. They all, the water temperature dropped like 10 degrees after this big storm came through. I'm like, I went to a place. I had one bite in practice. I had a smallmouth bite. I caught a fish. And as I'm reeling it in, this is my first fish of the day at 11 o'clock. It's a three something pound smallmouth. As I'm reeling it in, there's this weird, I could I couldn't even, I looked at it and I thought, what the heck is that? It reminded me of this horror movie called Creep Show that I watched back in the day. And it was this black blob that was in the water that would suck people under that were swimming. <laughs> if you remember, you can go back and look at this scene from the Creep Show. So I'm reeling this fish and I look behind it and there's a black blob. And dude, it's literally like the size of a bass boat, maybe bigger. I can't figure out what it is. And as I got it right next to the boat before I netted it, I realized that it's like, a couple hundred small mouse, all two to four pounds following this fish I have hooked. Like, you know, you know, like you're in control of your own destiny, but when it's meant to be, it's meant to be, you know, and that one, it's like getting struck by lightning. You know, I couldn't, well, I couldn't escape it. it. It was destiny and it needed to happen because Matt, you know, sitting there it, it, when you're, when you're in that beginning stage, dude, it's rough. Every dollar counts. Every media exposure counts. And, you know, being a freshman on tour and having that happen, that was critical. It had to happen, you know? It had to. Very cool. All right. And then, obviously, the well-documented uh, 2003 classic went on the Delta. But here's something that a lot of people uh, may not realize. Dude, you were struggling. I mean, it was a brutal, brutal season. You were going through – all kinds of challenges and adversity. You only had two checks that year up to the classic. You had multiple sub 100 finishes. Uh, and, and coming into the classic, the last event, you finished 85th at Santee Cooper. And I remember sitting down at the table with you once again during the media event. And you looked at me and you said, dude, I just can't do anything right, right now. You were down. Uh, it, it was really in the early years of your career and the, the friendship that we were starting to develop. I had never seen you that down when it came to just trying to, to make it in this professional fishing world. It was a, uh, a very memorable, but at the same time, man, if, if people really knew how much adversity that you were going through prior to that classic. And when you said that, to me and we talked a little bit about it i told you something and i said i said dude i said learn from now and that's probably one of the dumbest statements i've ever made but when you look back at why i said that and then you went on to win the classic uh it's very very memorable and it will always stay with me man because that's i awesome. know what you were going through yeah. during that time of your life and and to see everything that happened from that point forward after that win uh, was freaking awesome. Wow. Yeah. It was an amazing time. That's another one that you just look back on and it changed, changed your life. It changed the direction of, of your life. And, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a struggle, man. I, I, and it's, it's funny you said that cause I, I, I don't remember saying all that, but I remember the feelings that I had and, and it wasn't just not doing well in tournaments, you know, it was my personal life was in the yeah. shitter. You know, it was a lot. You know, I knew I was losing sponsors and, you know, there was a lot. I, I had pretty much 
I said this before, but I had made up in my mind at that point that that was my last tournament. You know, I was, I was out, I was going to go back to school. I submitted the paperwork to go back to Rowan, like honestly. Um, And just like that, like three days, boom, everything changes. So yeah, crazy, crazy time. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to 2006. It was very memorable for me. Uh, That was your angle of the year title on the elite series. Uh, but man, there there were a couple of things. You got your first elite win on uh, what was it, Lake Gunnersville, and you had the gray and red flame jersey. It was just <laughs> epic. And and I remember being on the water for that Gunnersville event, and you were you were trying to catch a fry garter with a French fry, and then Orange you. Went, you went, you went freaking nuts after you caught it and we're running around. I, you know, fry garter on a fry, fry garter on a fry. It was hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> and once again, it was with the spinning rod and reel. And uh, you ended up that, that fish was, was totally the difference maker. You had a dead fish penalty. You needed 15, two, you got 15, three. And uh, the other thing that you did in that event was, you took the fish in the crowd. I don't know if you remember that. You I went do. nuts, dude. Yeah, yeah, that was a big one. Uh, that that year was rough. Uh, I had a I had the roughest start of that year, but I was really I sort of refocused my fishing and man, just to win. You know, it's so hard to win, but winning there was was special. And you know, that wasn't a pretty win. I was actually few of the fry garters I caught. I bit down the French fry to two inches. I yeah. bit it down so it was literally just the size of the two-aught hook. They were that tricky. Uh, but, man, what a, what a great win. And, and uh, that, that's, that whole season was – I think I fished better in 2006 than I've ever fished in my whole entire life. And, you know, you always wish you could harness that and put it in a bottle, uh, you know. But uh, it, it, it has to happen like that to, to win Angle of the Year. And that was an 11 – tournament season that year yeah so it was uh it, it was a very memorable memorable year for sure cool stuff and you know i it, matt obviously when matt came on board you know i kind of had this tagline it's all about being there and that was kind of my uh, uh what philosophy that i followed that that was the difference maker and that really took how i wanted to cover professional fishing to that next level and yeah. and one of the most memorable things i i can uh, remember it vividly. I have a picture in my studio back home because I was the only dude there. And that's when you won Angler of the Year that year. Uh, and you went swimming. Uh, I was the only boat on the water when you dived in the water yes. to grab your line. And I just kind of looked around at my boat driver and I go, I can't believe he just did that. And I had the picture and uh, there were no other Still photos. No. Obviously, there was there was video because you had a camera with you. Yeah. Uh, but that is one of the best pictures. It's blown up in it's my awesome. studio. Uh, but one of the things that was was really cool is everybody wanted to talk to you after that that event because obviously you won Angler of the Year. And dude, you talked to a zillion people, and I remember waiting three hours outside your little cabin or whatever it was and dynamic had all this stuff going on with you and you were absolutely just wore out, but you hung around to talk to me. 
Oh, and, yeah. and that meant so much to me, even though I had to wait, because, I mean, I was all about respecting uh, the entities that really needed to get stuff done after that moment. But still, that was part of the reason that I was out there with you. But the friendship and the mutual respect that we had for each other for what we were doing, dude, that meant so much. That, that And then you end up spending like 30 minutes talking to me and you were absolutely wiped. But uh, a very, very vivid memory that will be with me forever uh, when you dove in the water like that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I remember. It was it was cold. I, I'm still kind of shocked by the cold all these years later. <laughs> oh, cold water. All right. There were uh, there was a couple of things. Obviously, I was going to mention uh, one, the 20 feet deep documentary. Uh, that was our that was my first adventure into doing the documentary. And I knew it was going to be special. And, and I'm not trying to push it because it's been out there for years. But I'm telling you, folks, if you really want to see the other side of Ike, you need to watch the 20, 20 feet deep documentary because I the emotions and just uh, the the feeling of what you are truly like, Mike really came out in a lot of the stuff that we did during the filming of that documentary. I mean, I open up with it, you working in the garden with Stella digging up dirt, you know, <laughs> planting this stuff, giving, giving her advice on how you got to move the soil and all yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing that was, was so cool was to sit on the steps on the shore of the Delaware River where you won that tournament, and and you told me that that was the first time that you had been back there. Yeah. And, man, there was about 60 seconds that you just sat there and reflected and didn't say a word. Yeah. And I could feel that moment when I was putting that documentary together during that time. And, yeah. man, it just it showed me what you're truly about, Mike. Yeah, that was such a cool experience. Thank you for doing that series, uh, and, and thank you for doing it with me. It was so amazing because, you know, in, in, in fishing, nothing like that had really been done. You know, uh, most of the time we do stuff, it's, you know, how do you fish that bait? And, you know, what what's the, you know, what color do you go to? And to be able to look back on stuff with you like that over those couple days was so nice and it was so freeing. And and yeah, I remember everything we did. And, and that moment of going back to the Delaware with you. Really, that place has a lot of meaning for me because it it brings everything full circle. You know, not just the win there uh, that year, but where I learned how to fish, you know, and where my uncle and my grandfather first took me fishing. And, and you know, it, that brings a, a lot of memories back. And it it's really the reason all this has happened, you know. So, but yep, so to be able to sit there with you all those years later and reflect back on that, it's emotional, you know, it's hard to get me to cry, but it, it, you know, it, it definitely brings you to tears thinking about it and makes all the hard work and makes all the failure and disappointment and makes all that worth it, you know? So it was such a cool, that was one of the coolest pieces I've ever done. I'm so glad I'd get to do it with you, Mark. Yeah, me too. Uh, and then obviously uh, the phone call that I made to you, Hey man, uh, I think, I think you would do a great job at this Ike Live thing. And you're yeah. like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then six months went by, and then all of a sudden I get this phone call from you and Becky. Hey, man, we want to we wanna look into doing this Ike Live thing. And here we are, what, 10, yeah. 11 years later, and you're still doing That's it. That's crazy. 
Yeah. What a, what a cool thing. You know, I, I've told us before on the show, but uh, man, we were just so skeptical, you know, like, you know, besides your show, nobody was doing it really, you know, and, and I just didn't know enough about it. And you kept hitting us about it, you know, and months and months went past. Usually me and Becky are pretty like quick with stuff, Yeah. but that one we just sat on, sat on with finally like, Mark's right. I got to try this. You know, this is a way to reach new people. We got to try this. And man, so, so thankful that you sent us in that direction. Cause you know, not that it's not been a lot of work, Matt, you know, this is a lot of work too. This is like fishing a derb. It's the same mm-hmm. amount of work. It takes a lot of work, but you know, you look back on it and, and it, it was fun and it is fun and the memories and the friendships and the interviews and, you know, the, the, it's like I can just close my eyes and think about some of the funniest stuff that's ever happened in my life. And the other thing, and I'm, I'll mention this real quick, is that you created something that gave me a chance to reconnect with my friends. And I, I can never repay that, Mark. That was so special that I got to spend a lot of extra time the last 10 years with guys that are my friends that you know, life gets in the way and, and you, you lose contact with family and friends because life gets in the way. And it gave me a reason to hang out with my buddies. And that was such a blessing. And thank you for doing that, man. Yeah. Great. Yeah, it was cool. All right. Uh, and then I, I actually brought this with me. I was going to show it and it, it was going to be part of the uh, introduction, but you gave me something and, and, and it was after you won the classic, uh, in 2003 and you gave me something. I don't know how many still exist. I have two of them. One has been open. The other one is still sealed right there. All right. That is the actual still in the wrapper. It was blueprint on professional bass fishing, how to turn pro in five years or less. Right. But, but this is what cracks me up, man. The uh, side a on the cassette tape was part one fishing, a stair step process, the success equation, success equation, learning to fish new water and fishing the moment. That that was on a, on the a side part two, was the business side, working in the industry, education, attracting sponsorships, and something you were really good at, keeping your sponsors. Keeping your sponsors, yes. <laughs> but look at that. I, wow. Do you have any of these still? We do. I, we have, we have so Bex, Bex in the background. She just walked it off. She said, yes, we probably have a thousand of them somewhere up in the, up in the barn. Really? Uh, I don't know. Do we have a thousand? No, we have a couple, Beck said. We do have a few. Uh, man, that was a cool, that was a, that's such a cool piece of memorabilia. That is a fossil. It's a dinosaur because it's on a cassette. But man, it was so cool to be able to do something like that and talk about what I've been through and hopefully try to help some people, you know, and I, I, I hope it helped. Uh, you know, definitely stuff that was on that cassette are things that I we used and I used to you know, try to get to the next level. But I, I remember giving you that, you know, yeah. and that's, that's cool that you have it all these years later, you know? Yeah. Still, well, I have two, you gave me two, one I listened to the other one I, I kept in the wrapper. And uh, this is like in my office here, it's sitting right over there and, and it will be with me 
uh, as long as is I still exist. Uh, But no, man, that is uh, that is super cool. Uh, The way I was going to wrap it up was this, Mike. There's three words that I was going to describe really what you're about. And it's performance, people, and passion. And what you've done, not just for the sport, but everything outside of the world of fishing that you've done uh, for kids and your foundation, uh, but how you have raised awareness in so many things uh you've entertained us you've engaged us and obviously you've educated us in in the world of of fishing and and i know that a lot of people are in this game still today because of what you did in your early years i was going to wrap up by saying what you always say which is fish the moment ike but enjoy the moment now yeah and you did and, and wow. it was truly, truly uh, just incredible to be there with with you and your family and Becky. And uh, even though I missed out, uh, you know, I want to thank Matt for doing this because yeah. uh, it wasn't going to be that long, obviously. But to yeah. be able well, see, I, I'm, I'm almost, glad, you know, not that I'm glad it worked like this, but Matt, thank you for setting this up. Mark, thank you for doing this because. This was a more personalized version. I got to look you straight in the eye and yeah. hear this from you, hear the long version. And uh, it, it makes it just all very, very special. So thank you. Thank yeah. you. That was awesome. There were very few guys uh, in, in my, you know, 20 whatever years covering this game and being out there with you guys. There were very, very few guys that I actually developed that friendship as an extension of the media. And you know this, and and you know everybody at Bass and and FLW back in the day, and even at Major League Fishing, I took the approach to truly do it from a journalistic perspective. It was not about me; it was about the game, and it was about the players. Yeah. And I think everybody really respected that. But to develop the friendship and uh, the relationship that you and 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 I and Becky. Uh, and everybody involved with the Ike brand, uh, dude, it is very, very special to me. And uh, I am truly honored that you wanted me to introduce you. Obviously, it didn't happen, but uh, uh, man, I can't wait to go fishing with you. I, I really, you know, I'm going to have some time once the bowling season gets over and uh, making a trip up to Jersey is definitely in the plans and spend, spending some time up there. But man, uh, it, it's truly special to to uh, continue our friendship, even though I'm away from the game, and uh, continuing to be involved in in greatness, and and that's what you are, man. Wow, thank you, Mark. Well, we feel the same. We love you, and I'm speaking for Becky and I. We love you, and thank you for everything over the years. And and the most important thing is just the friendship. Thank you. Yeah, Matt, nice job, man. Thanks for doing this. You yeah, got Matt, pick up the kid from Honolulu now. <laughs> he is he is on his way man <laughs> he is on his way hey by the way uh i will get that logo on there today but dude first tournament right out of the gates third place finish could not be happier mm-hmm. uh making some noise and imagine that i almost got into an argument with a uh parent from louisiana tech oh you didn't wow. almost you did 
<laughs> he had to get first coach, first time coaching, and he gets has to get separated from the crowd. Wow. Uh, Mama you know, said, said. kind of how I roll. You know? yeah. I just try to do my job, you know. I don't yeah. It is listen, it is. this is no I have I've looked at it, I've watched it. Now it's it's on a different level, but you are the Deion Sanders of collegiate club bowling. <laughs> I mean, you are you. The way you went in with the jerseys and the hats and the facilities, and yeah. you're taking recruits from other schools, and you've got a budget and a school behind you, and you just you kind of have that big. I only bend at the way, stay away presence. <laughs> you know, Dion's got the club foot. Your back doesn't bend. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> similar. <laughs> Oh, so well, good! You've know. got the hype videos, the music, the jerseys, yeah. like the gold chains. No, no gold. Wait, chains. you had before Dion did it, didn't you get like a million dollars of fake money to throw at the players? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you right did. here. I know the story. Oh, yeah, look yeah. at that. You are the Dion Sanders of of the collegiate bowling game. Ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, man. And then you come There's hot out of the finger. gates, overperform yeah. in the first. Matt? Don't you have a four finger ring? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, last night I was on uh, Travis Manson's stream. Like I said, you're flirting with the end of your career once it's past midnight and that stream's still going. <laughs> but there was a listener who said they had a, uh, I think it was Tom's kid. He's like, dude, we need to look into that. Like, we're considering like some collegiate bowling. So it would be awesome if you had a BTL listeners Ooh. kid. Oh, I didn't even tell you. Ike, what's your time schedule look like? Because I said 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah, it's already horrible. I had something at 1030, but oh, I, okay. I'll push it back. <laughs> yeah. If <laughs> you had know. something at 1030, it's 1018 there yeah. right now. Yeah. You have uh, we'll we'll wrap it up at five and we'll let you go then. We'll just call it this the show. And then I want to get you back on later. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, we'll keep everything on tape. But uh I was in I was up there for that bass Dick Highly St. Jude Bass Classic. We go eat at a bowling alley. Cold front moves in. So it's rainy, 50 degrees, dark at 6 30. The twins playoff game is on. And we walk into this bowling alley and it's women's bowling league. Ooh. In Minnesota. Oh. They're ordering cheese curds and pitchers of beer, all wearing their team jerseys, going, nice one, Nancy. I mean, it was the most <laughs> Minnesota thing I have ever witnessed in my life. Wow. Wow. That you know, I, hey, Mike, I forgot about that. You uh, spending time with uh, Kyle Troop. I did. That was, that was cool, too. Amazing, amazing! I got to see what bowling was all about. You know, yeah. it was such a cool experience. And he's he's a character on his own. It, he was, I don't know, everybody in the bowling world. I'm so glad I got to spend the day with him. He was he was great. Yeah, yeah. All right, Ike man, tell Becky I said hi. I will uh, I will definitely stay in touch. And you guys, let me know if you need anything, man. You guys. All right, sounds good. Thanks, Mark. All right, Mark. All right, uh, dude. We're we're like an hour into this thing. 
I think before we dive into something else, I think we let this stand on its own. Thank God that actually didn't happen at the Hall of Fame or else we'd just be wrapping it up now. I know. I know. If, now, if Mark gave the full introduction, if it had worked out, he would have did. I know that thing. was the truncated version. Yeah. Well, they would have get like I joked about getting the cane and being pulled off. They would have mm -hmm. actually caned him, I think, and pulled him off the stage. But it was awesome, man. I'm 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 glad I got to hear that this way uh especially brought it full circle being on the show like this and uh man he's a good you know but yeah he's such a good dude he's such a good friend he's uh, the only reason any of this exists yeah now yeah. i bust my ass to keep it going i'm not gonna say that i haven't haven't done anything but i mean i've also you yeah. know he yeah. he's done an amazing amazing, amazing job amazing job i'll say the cool thing at the hall of fame is i got to meet a lot of your posse uh, because I go in for a cold one and there's always a few of the posse hanging oh, around yeah. where the they're bar all, is. They're all but, man, yeah. uh, I don't know if you realize just how proud all of your friends are from you. And if you look at it, yeah, there's guys you have, but you've brought so many of your buddies along on this journey from the early days. And that's like yeah. really hard to do because the yeah. easiest thing to do once you make it and you yeah. made it, is to lose contact and you can still be yeah. buddies with them and bros and friends, but not only have you maintained contact, you've brought them all along for the ride. And yeah. that's something, dude, you've changed so many of your friends lives just by doing that. And I think that's something that uh, there's a lot of people, a lot of professional anglers who are like, man, I'm so busy. And you go from there to there. And then their team partners and their club guys and the guys that they grew up with, they're like, yeah, you know, he comes and visits when he comes back, but to bring him along on that ride takes a concerted effort. And is really, uh, really shows how much you value, uh, personal relationships. Yeah, that, that was awesome. It was so, I'm so lucky to have, you know, these friendships that I've built over the years and, to have a lot of them there and even the ones that couldn't be there, you know, we, we honestly, like, I, I just sat down and I said, man, these are all the people that I, I love that have had impact. And our list was giant. There were a lot of them there, but there were a lot of them that couldn't be there, but they watched. And, uh, it's just, I'm so proud to have come from, you know, just the grass, the, the grass from the grassroots from the bottom, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, it's never changed for me. That's the thing. When I fished around the house with these guys or club fished with these guys, they're the same guys. I'm the same guy. It's, it's got the same meaning, whether it was a 10 boat tournament or the classic. And uh, it's just cool to have that and have get that honor and be able to recognize them as being just as important in my life as anything. So uh, thank you to all those guys and girls who've been a part of that. It was, it's been, been amazing. If you guys want to go back and watch or listen to the 2023 Bass Fishing Hall of Fame induction ceremony, just go to the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame YouTube channel. Uh, you can just type in Bass Fishing Hall of Fame induction 2023. There it is. You can listen to uh, all the speeches, uh, including your speech that you gave at it. And uh, really cool stuff. Will you come back on in the near future? Because I, I have, oh, I yeah. have, a lot that I would like to actually kind of dive into. Okay. Heck I want to yeah. dive into, uh, info in the opens. Yeah. And hot topic. I, I want to dive into that. I obviously want to talk about, uh, the kayak fishing. Yes. I want to talk about the beginning to your year and the end to your year and turning things around because you've historically been one of those guys who have been up and down, but you always get back up. Yeah. And right now, like just in my, I, I'm using this as a personal because right yeah. now I'm kind of a little, I feel like I'm a little plateaued. Yeah. There's got to be something. And you've always been able to when there, you have 
to yeah kick it back up to that next notch i want to know if that's innate or learned so i want to talk about that okay you good you good back yeah, in the next couple months to come that. back on all right uh like i said i want to give a shout out to jeffries we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to set the stage for the final Bassmaster open of the uh 2023 season taking place on the harris chain i'm not there i made a financial i made a business decision a mature decision uh that i'm sure jeffries is very proud of hell yeah hell i would never even fish like pond fish if it was up to jeffries you're taking time away from the show you know what you could be doing for the show instead you're driving 30 hours putting three hundred thousand miles on your truck for what you got nothing to show for it i'm like oh, yeah, i fish top 10 in one what does that pay Nothing. <laughs> did you make the elite no anyway <laughs> i'm not bitter about that at all but thanks, Ike. Thanks for jumping on. Greatly yeah. appreciate it. And look, you're going to make your uh, 1030 meeting. I'm going to make a 1030 meeting. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And uh, anytime, I'd love to come back on immediately. Uh, yep. So you let me know when and I'll be there. Ike 2.0, the reboot of Ike. Longer form interviews, one-on-one, -on -one, kind of getting in your side, your mind and what the other guys are uh, over on the Mike Iconelli YouTube channel. Mike Iconell YouTube or IkeLive.com. Yep. Yeah, check it out. It's it, it's been really fun. I mean, uh, I I love the old show, and we're still doing, you know, we're still doing them. So we got a Halloween special coming up. We did a Hall of Fame special where we the old style with the whole Motley crew. But this new format's been really fun, and it, it's it's different, and it's allowed me to really dive in deeper with these guys, and not just anglers, but people in the industry, people outside the industry. It's been a lot of fun, man. I'm having a lot of fun. So I hope I hope people like it. I hope people watch it. Thanks, Ike. Thanks, Matt. See ya. Later. All right. The one and only Mike Iconelli. Right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, wrap things up for the week and look ahead to what we have coming up on BTL. It's BTL on a Tuesday. Mark Jeffries, Mike Iconelli, October 10th. We'll be back right after this. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. Get the best patterns backed by tournament data. Start by finding the best 10% of your lake. Know exactly what to look for and what to throw. After that, you just put them in the boat. Try the Deep Dive app today. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife, and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry, so whether you're on the water or off, you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade, you've got it right here at your fingertips, so if you can't find your scissors, you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. 
Make sure you check it out. Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Born in Japan, using technology, innovation, and precision, Sunline produces the widest selection of fishing lines at the most technologically advanced line factory in the world. Manufactured at the strictest tolerances to produce victories at the highest levels of tournament bass fishing, from household names like Christie, Swindle, and Cruz, to young guns like Cook, Logan, New, and Welcher, they all trust Sunline to take them to the top of the leaderboard. Choose the line that will give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Sunline. Shoreline Boat and RV, dock rash, storm damage, collision repair, that deep scratch or gouge from trying to access that secret creek. Shoreline Boat and RV can get your prize possession back in mint condition and looking good on the water, fast. All repairs are done in-house, so they're able to get your boat or RV back to brand new, quickly. All Shoreline's work comes with a rock-solid warranty. Find out more at ShorelineBoatandRV.com, Kansas City, Austin, and Tulsa. Everything you need, one legendary brand. Top on Strike King. Welcome back to BTL on a Tuesday. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Mike Iconelli for doing that. Like I said, we're going to get into a bunch of other stuff, but hell, sometimes you just got to fire it up and let it go. And when you got guys like uh, Mark and Ike on, it was almost better than uh, Mark just giving that speech there because Ike was able to add to it and and hear it and really respond to it. So I thoroughly uh, enjoyed that 45-minute kind of banner and discussion back and forth, just kind of touching on some of the highlights of uh, Ike's career and what he's meant to the industry as he was one of uh glenn andrews mike hole and uh mike iconelli uh the three anglers inducted into the 2023 bass fishing hall of fame and like i've said before uh that event that hall of fame event which is typically held in uh october is uh or the end of september too is open to the public you may be a member of the hall of fame you don't even have to you can just buy a seat i think it's like a hundred bucks everybody was there. I mean, you had KVD, Davey Height, emceed by Zona or by uh, Mercer, who actually volunteers his time for that event, for the Hall of Fame to fly in uh, to be the master of ceremonies. That's how much it means to him. I think he had 19 or 20 Hall of Famers. Johnny Morris, the founder of Bass Pro Shops, gave a talk. Uh, Bill Dance. I mean, uh, David Fritz, Rick Clun. You start naming them, you're going to miss out but everywhere you look uh steeped in history plus you're at the wonders of wildlife wow where the event is held you can come in for the day stay the night before do the wonders of wildlife do the bass pro shops deal go to the banquet leave the next morning and uh highly would recommend that that even if you don't know anybody you uh you bring your significant other get a couple buddies together and and go to the uh wonders of wildlife and the Bass Fishing Hall of Fame banquet 
next year. Uh, yeah, we're going to touch on the Bassmaster Open here real quick. Actually, we're going to do a live stream on Wednesday night, a 7.30 Central Time. Uh, Andrew Upshaw is going to jump on. I kind of booked that before I realized he did a Bass Anger Therapy with Todd last week, but whatever. Uh, he's got football practice and is going to jump on. I neither, uh, I think his video's out. And I won't say that. I'm not going to Harris Chain, obviously. Today is Tuesday. The tournament starts on Thursday. I was 40th in the points, but I statistically, out of the 176, it started. Like, I'm pretty damn proud of that. I'm not going to lie. It's not where I want to be. The Opens is a deal where if you're not in the top 10, it's a wasted year unless you win one and you make the Bassmaster Classic. Uh, not in the top 10 or top 9 to make the Elite Series for the next year. Uh, Mark talks about success or failure. Failure of a year. doesn't matter if you're in the top 20%, top 30%. Uh, it's good to know uh, that you're still competing. I actually finished 10th in one of the divisions, the division three event. But uh, in order for me to go to that open, I would have had to drive my rig down from Oklahoma to the Harris chain, uh, which is well over a thousand miles. Leave it at a listener's house, then book a flight from Orlando to Minneapolis have someone drive two hours from uh, the Mi Mississippi River to Minneapolis to pick me up, drive back, fish the St. Jude with no tackle, no prep, and no practice, then have someone drive me back on Monday, two hours to Minneapolis, drop me off, fly back to Florida, pick my boat up. Now all of Monday is shot, and then I would have been practicing today and half of tomorrow uh, on a fishery that I'm not very familiar with. I have fished there before, but with zero chance of qualifying for the elite series and then drive another 1400 miles home while I stayed by myself, which would have been another six or $700. So I ate my deposit in order to basically save $4,000 and be able to go up to the Dick Kiley St. Jude Bass Classic and enjoy my week. Uh, and then I did drive home all night so I could be in studio. But that's why. I mean, it. it out of the nine, I, I love what Bass did. I think it was a great platform. I think it was the right move. I still think it's the right move. I fully intend and plan on signing up to fish the 2024 Bassmaster Opens. It just depends on how. Uh, uh, and then what I do next year, kind of, I'm going to play it a little. I'll talk about it with Andrews, basically what I'm trying to say. Because I'm going to approach it a little bit differently as far as how long I stay in or what I try to do. Uh, there's two events in February or next year, which is really nice because you kind of get an idea of the direction things are going uh, before they're actually gone. So uh, thanks for everybody for jumping on tomorrow. We're back live. Uh, Scott Palmer from the Bass Tank just announced uh, the Bass. I think it's called the Bass Tank Academy. Let me see. The Bass Tank Academy. I think. Let me see. The Bass. Yep. The Bass Tank Academy. There it is. Uh, Scott has gotten a lot of fe positive feedback from the BTL listeners when he comes on and he does deep dives. He's a, uh, I don't know how to say this, he's an uh, electronics nerd. Like he knows how things work behind the scenes. And it's always a struggle when I have him on to try to be like, okay, is he talking over people's head? Is he talking down wormholes? But the thing that finds out is people want to know the nitty gritty when it comes to their electronics, when it comes to installation. There's a lot of people who understand it and he helps a lot of other people understand it. So he came out with the Bass Tank Academy because 
there is value in that knowledge. Uh, and we're going to talk to Scott about the Bass Tank Academy, what's been going on, how things are over at the Bass Tank uh, tomorrow. And then on Thursday, we're back with another live show with the man Frank Scalish, uh, simul streaming on Big Play Sports. Uh, that show's kind of cool. We actually inked a deal with Big Play Sports out of Cleveland. They have like a lot of uh, former professional and current professional athletes who have live uh, podcasts and shows. Bernie Kosar, for example, former Browns quarterback. But uh, we're going to simul stream on that still here on btl all right uh i do want to uh thank everybody also for that hall of fame that auction the bass uh talk live experience went for two thousand dollars i just received an email uh, a couple days ago while i was up in minnesota about the winner of that event so there will be a co-host here uh for a day uh need to get in contact with that gentleman but thank you for all those who uh who bid on it who checked out the the auction the online auction for that uh and i think yeah, we've done the St. Jude. We've done the Hall of Fame. We won't be bugging for donations or auctions. Oh, uh, I'll tell you what we got coming. Frank did a. Uh, <laughs> we've got some some custom some custom apparel uh, coming. Some one of a kind drawings that we were able to uh, to put on some t shirts for for the man Frank Scalish. But tomorrow, eight thirty a.m. Central Time. Scott Palmer from the Bass Tank. Big shout out to Mike Iconelli. Take a time out of his busy schedule, fresh off a kayak, a top 20 kayak on the Susquehanna. To Mark Jeffries, who obviously is busy on the recruiting trail. And to all of you for jumping on this morning and making BTL. It is what it is. Hey, like, thumbs up. I'm talking about that more and more because it helps more and more. Uh, if you're logged in, just hit the little thumbs up deal. Uh, leave a comment, leave a like, share. Greatly appreciate it. And until then, we will see everybody tomorrow later.